0: Well, Exodus something or other.
1: No, Genesis. Yeah. I mean, Genesis
0: something. Uh, where are we? 18, are we? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is, you remember, does everybody remember what we studied about the three in one? That these were really a manifestation of the three. Aspects of God, uh, Creator, Lord, Logos. Now there's another interesting thing that's hidden in this that you wouldn't understand unless you. And it says in verse 6: Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal kneaded and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham, Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and hastened to dress it. He took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them, under the tree, and they did eat. Now either these were very hungry angels, or uh, there was a whole lot of people involved. Because three measures of wheat is, does, does everybody know how much a peck is? How much is a peck? How many pecks to a bushel? Three. Three pecks to a bushel. A peck, well, anyway, this was this was about a bushel and... It was about one and one-third bushels of wheat that they made cakes out of, Besides plus a calf. Aside yeah. huh? from the fact that a whole calf. All right, they had a whole calf. So, and remember now, this wasn't... Abraham being isolated he wasn't sitting in a tent alone with sarah he was in charge of a large company of people and and so it was a, it was really an event when 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 he saw that that this was a visitation now this event according to tra- 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 according to tradition took place on passover and um I want to read about that and talk about that and it says that also it says that they ate them in haste and because they were hurried they were they were in a hurry to to make it so they didn't have time to put leaven into it so they were they were unleavened cakes or matzah. that's what we eat for passover or the sunday night things the butter really wasn't butter is what we it's, it's the Hebrew word Chima, which means it's, it's, a, it's something like cottage cheese, curdled milk. But anyway, remember, I'm going to read something from the Passover Haggadah that, that we, we study every Passover with some of you. Uh, the power of thy mighty deeds that thou show forth wondrously on Passover. Chief of all festivals, did thou exalt Passover. Thou did reveal to Abraham the events of the midnight on Passover. And that was the horror of great darkness that we've talked about. Thou did rap at his doors during the heat of the day on Passover. when This is what we were just talking about. Um, the people of Sodom were treated to God's wrath and were consumed in fire on Passover. Lot escaped from their midst, and baked Matzah at the end of Passover. Egypt's lands of Moth and Noth did Thou sweep clean in passing through them on Passover. God, the issue of His first strength, did Thou bruise on the watch night of Passover. Mighty One over Israel's firstborn did Thou skip by the sign of the blood on Passover, that no destroyer might come unto Thy doors at Passover. Jericho, the well-locked city, was given up to the Israelites in the time of Passover. Midian was destroyed by the barley cakes from on Passover. Well, anyway, on and on and on, it's it's one of the fascinating things about about the importance of this is that it was a Passover for Abraham. And it was a Passover when Abraham He, in effect, Abraham left time on this Passover. On this, and, I, and, and, and when he when he saw logos, and therefore he left time on this Passover. Now, each of these Passover events are are critical. I mean, obviously, it's critical if Christ was crucified in Passover, if the if the Israelites were rescued from the angel of death on Passover, and all these other things took place in Passover. But the real Passover, in terms of of what we are about, is when you are, when, when you are, when you pass from being subject to time. And that's the true meaning of Passover. Now, the final moment of that is at death. Hebrew tradition says that all, everyone dies on Passover. And it's interesting that that's what the New Testament says with regard to the cross, that hum- the human race died on the Feast of Passover. So, if you individualize that, then all men die at that same instant. Therefore, all men die on the Feast of Passover. Three days later, those that are in Christ are raised from the dead on the Feast of first Fruits. But I, 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 wanna, I want you to visualize that this visitation by the three angels, to Abraham, took place on Passover, and therefore it elevates it. It's not just a casual visit, because the next thing that's going to happen from this is the birth of Isaac, the birth of the promise. Just as in the Passover of Christ, the Son of Man died, the Son of God was raised from the dead. Just as in your Passover, you recognize your death, and Christ in you is raised and resurrected. capiche Okay. It was interesting also in verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Um, it was, it was, it was, women couldn't eat with men there. But that shocked the angel. Because the angel wanted to know where they were. Because by I mean, it just is another indicator of custom and its ridiculousness. And verse, well, let's read 9 through um, 15.
1: Pete. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a surety bear a child which I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I left not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh." All right.
0: There's an interesting phrase in verse 10 and verse 14. According to the time of life, At the appointed time, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life. The word time is the Hebrew word eth. And it means... Do you understand how difficult a concept that time is? We take, again, time is one of the things that, because it's, it's so much a part of us that we can and the reason we can't understand eternity is because our mindset is so connected with time that we think, we think in terms of both that, that, that somehow time is interrelated with life and, 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 and we equate those two, maybe properly in, in one sense but from God's standpoint, life only begins at the opening or the cracking or the, 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 the germination of the seed of Christ within you. Everything other, everything other than that is death. There is no other point in life because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the singular life. If you think about it, christ we always think, and religion teaches, that Christ is going to teach us the way, he's going to show us the truth, and he's going to give us life. He's not going to do any of those things, because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. But as in every other thing in nature, so is it in the spirit. Life can come forth only out of death except the kernel of wheat, fall into the ground and die, and about it alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit, or much life. So here, Sarah, Abraham, both past the age of childbearing. I mean, Abraham couldn't even get it up. Much, and Sarah, I mean, Sarah has been long past the age of, 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 of menopause, or whatever that's called. But, it was impossible for her to have a child. And so, i.e., she, vis-a-vis that aspect, was dead. Now, God could have had that child of the promise come along any line along the life of Abraham and Sarah. But the child of the promise was revealed only in death. That's true in your life. It's true in, 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 in everything in nature. Everything testifies it. You, you understand? You, that's where the moment of faith comes. When everything, it's what I've said so many times, Christ is what you can think of, is what's left when everything that you can think of is gone. So at the time of, according to the time of life, That time of life to the natural is death. Let's go to Galatians 4 a minute. We'll see it in a different way.
2: Somehow that ties in with what we said last week about while the soul is mourning for something that's been taken away from it, the spirit's rejoicing.
0: Okay, Galatians 4, well actually in 3, just a minute, let me find it. 3.23 But before faith came, or comes, we were kept, or are kept, under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster for you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, just as Isaac was, and heirs according to the promise. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Well, that's sort of the time of life. Now, you all understand the tutors and you understand, first of all, you have to understand you're an heir. And then you have to understand that you're, 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 as an heir, you're Lord of all. You own all things. All things exist for your purpose. But you're under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Now, the tutors and governors, you know, when you were a kid, you didn't like tutors and governors. And the natural... And you don't like tutors and governors now. But that's the way, that's the way it works. Okay. <clears throat> In verse 4, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you were sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. without thou no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That's so what we've been talking about recently. That Abraham was always, I mean, from God's standpoint, Abraham was the father of faith when he was a heathen in Nimrod's palace. When he was in the deepest trouble, he was always the father of faith. I mean, it, he never changed from God's standpoint. So, as from your standpoint, when God looks at you properly, I mean, when God looks at you, I don't know, if that doesn't sound right, but I'll say anyway, when God looks at you out of time, assuming you you're abiding, God doesn't, God, God's, you've always been heir, you've always been ruler, you've always been owner of all things, it's never changed, I mean, before you knew him, before you even aware that God existed, you were that, you were the child of the promise, because of what? Because Christ is in you, the same way, you know, you've been, you were disobedient sometimes, you got spanked sometimes, but you never, ever changed from being that child. And that's all at this thing about the time appointed or the time of life. It's the time of life is when that promise becomes manifested or realized. Okay, let's go back to Genesis. verse 12 and sarah laughed within herself saying after i'm after i'm waxed old shall i have pleasure in my lord being old also and the word laughed is, is the hebrew word that means to mock it means to say raka it means to consider lightly sarah really messed up here She rocked God. She said it's a vain thing to serve God. She said, not even God can do this. No, he didn't. But but see, you got to remember what's happening here now. Right, but but from Sarah's standpoint, you know, all kinds of stuff was going on. He gave he gave Abram the the, the Egyptian princess, which was the daughter of Pharaoh. They went and fooled around the tent, <laughs> and then uh, they had a son by the by the princess and. And this son and Hagar mock Sarah all the time. It's been it's it's been several years. Now women had men at their menopause at a later time then than they do now, but it's been several years since she was past the age of childbearing. It'd be like somebody coming and had, you know, a hysterectomy and now and and, and, and and somebody says you're you're gonna be pregnant. Well, that's not, I mean, that's possible because doctors screw up. But I mean, it's the. <laughs> well, it's almost as
2: preposterous yeah, as, as a little 12 year old or 13 year old virgin saying, I'm pregnant.
0: All right. It's like, well, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the other side of the coin when, when Mary says uh, she's pregnant, but God did it. <laughs>
2: Well, if Sarah, you no, know, Sarah was Sarah was the incredible fox that, that we know. She <coughs> and you know, in Egypt, she was treated obviously like royalty. because pharaoh went nuts over her, and she comes from a good family. And she's had to put up with this slave who has the only-born son of her husband. And I'm sure that even then, it was. I mean, the. It, I mean, if you didn't produce a son, you were.
0: Especially then. Anathema. Right.
2: um, And now, to now be told she's going to bear a son, if I were in her shoes, I'd probably be a little bitter. I'd be sarcastic.
0: Well, she just didn't believe it. She's 90 years old. Abram's 100. Which is really hard for us to believe her. Okay. In verse 14, then, is there anything... Too hard for the Lord at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son the word hard is a word that means it means to separate And from God's standpoint, there's no separation. In other words, it is just as easy to create a world as it is to create, uh, you know, a speck of dust. It's just as easy to, to uh, move a mountain as it is to uh, make the wind blow. It's just as easy to cure cancer as it is to uh, make your eyes blink. That's a concept that we can't conceive of. And some of us have it the opposite way. I can understand God curing cancer, but he's not going to cure allergies. It's not going to fix acne. There's nothing. I mean, the point is, there's is nothing too hard for God. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's such a it's it's such a ridiculous concept. It isn't even worthy. I mean, that's sort of what they're saying here.
2: It, isn't it sort of? Isn't the thought sort of based in our belief that it requires By, effort? right to do something or to create something and therefore it would take far more effort to create a world than it would to create a speck of right, right. And in reality of god there's no effort
0: it's just mm-hmm. but it's sort of like what we believe see i mean it has its counterpart in what faith and belief have their counterpart in in, in their in their opposite in what we think about sin mm-hmm. we still no matter how much i've yelled and screamed at you about sin isn't what you do is what you are you still believe that there are degrees of sin and so therefore uh, if you fear a spider that's not bad. That's not sin. It's only sin if you, uh, you know, do something really bad. But you understand this relationship? If you can't see if you think there are degrees of sin, then you will think there are degrees of hardness for God. Am I communicating to you? Okay, if you can accept for a second that there is no thing that is... That, that is I mean, it's, it's, again, the concept even hurts me to say it, but there is no thing that is too difficult for God and if you can accept for a second that you belong to him, then by, by logical sequential reasoning, you must come to the conclusion that, that you are then exactly in the position that you should be. Well, that's the, but that's because you, you you are still in the position of what we studied last week here, the difference, everybody, a lot of people don't even acknowledge God, but the first thing that happens when you acknowledge God is you said okay, so he's, he's sort of, okay, I acknowledge that God created the world. Okay, God created the world, and then he left it to its own devices. That's, well, I think you do, if you think about it, God somehow is involved in creating me, now he's leaving me to my own devices. no you know, think about. I, I just think, that, think that, that, you know, if I wanted my acne cured, there'd that,
2: be something too petty and there's no yeah. spiritual purpose for it, so he wouldn't do it.
0: Whereas, you know... But that's, that's the point. H- hear me. If God is the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Shabaoth. That means that he is the lord of everything, and he is the ruler of anything, and, and of anything and everything, and there is no distinction among any in, in that arena. Therefore, <clears throat> if it's just as important for him to cure acne as it is his to stop the Third World War, or to start it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but, it's, but but okay now now we're getting to the point. If you don't think you deserve it, then we can hone in on the lie. If you don't think it you deserve it, that means you, by definition, think that that you could be different and you could have done something to earn it. Do you, you see that? If you think you could have done something to earn it, then Christ died in vain. I mean, that's the way God sees all of these little things. If, if, you, if you don't think he can, uh, whether I don't care whether it's find you a girlfriend or cure acne, if you don't think he can do those things, And then you hone it back down and you say wait a minute it's not that i don't think he can do it i don't think he wants to well wait a minute why didn't he want to well he didn't want to because i don't deserve it well why don't i deserve it well because i've made a mistake well what do you mean made a mistake well that must mean that i could have done it better and i could have been a better person and i could be a nicer and i could have done things right well if you think that then by definition christ died in vain You get past that in an emotional level by seeing that i mean there's a part of you that will always think that well if i would have if i wouldn't have gotten married and if i would have continued on my music and if i would have gone to college or if you know whatever ad nauseum then i would have been okay or if uh, my mother just hadn't done this or if she hadn't just done this when I was a little kid then I would be okay.
2: So
0: this is all well, it, it's back to the point that you think that, that you should be different than you are. I mean that's, you, you understand what a marvelous concept it is to be to have him and to know him as Lord of everything, that means that absolutely nothing that has ever happened should be different than it was. Now, and it's easy to talk about that. We, it's feel like we can get all kinds of interesting philosophical discussions about that with regard to the history of the world and Nazism and babies dying and all that kind of stuff. But that's only intellectual garbage. I want you to get it down to the nitty-gritty of your life. The smallest details of your life—that you have never decided to do anything—that it was God that was in you, willing it and doing it. I don't care if you think you—you know—about picking people. I don't care if you think you. you know, I don't want to pick on people. Man. I know too much about each one of you, so I'm not going to do that.
2: Well, what's going? on? <clears throat> what's going on in here right now is, if there's nothing too hard, then there's nothing too simple. There's no gradation of stuff. Now if that's true, and then and that's expanded into other arenas. Then the only, it seems like there's only two. There's only two options. One is similar to what Darlene has just said that well, God, certainly God can do it, and it's, you know, but he doesn't want to. And then judging situations, whether he does want to or doesn't want to or whatever. It seems like there's either that or you have to come to the conclusion that everything is perfect. That everything is just the way it's, quote, supposed to be. Everything is just the way he wants it to be or whatever. Now, I don't yet feel for a prolonged basis rest, perfection, peace, knowing that I'm where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, that kind of thing. But at points I feel it, (laughs) I think it's the only, it, it seems like it's the only conclusion that I can, it's getting to be the only conclusion I can come to, is that, If something goes wrong, I don't like it. It doesn't really matter whether I like it or not. It's perfect. I hope that's going to be translated with peace, rest. So it certainly makes sense.
0: I just want I want you to let's take away from this verse that there is there is nothing too hard for God that mean but that, that, that doesn't translate that doesn't buy i mean that's a, a good translation what it means is god doesn't distinguish difficulty or worth in anything he does it doesn't matter whether it's acne or cancer it doesn't matter whether it's Praying for a sick friend are bringing time to an end. Remember what last night I said to you that that the book of Leviticus is primarily concerned with access to God and its mystical typology of Christ in the various sacrifices of how you have access. If you know God hears you, then, I mean, then you know... it's done. I I want, I want you to begin to understand a new dimension of prayer. There is no, there is no situation that you're in that God hasn't created and put you in. He's put you in that arena for one reason, in in a very real sense, and that's so you would talk to him. God longs for pals.
2: Been feeling about praying for
0: the past few months that it's a one-way thing, and he's got headphones on. He's not there's not a microphone there. So you don't think so? I get angry and frustrated. The question is, how do you know whether or not God hears your prayer? The way you know it is to know that He is the one that created the impetus to pray in the first place. He's the one that created the need that caused you to pray. I mean, do you understand that he's only, this is all he's doing. All the stuff that's going on in the whole world is just to bring us to this point. And once you know that he hears you, my God, you know, watch out, world. Let, let's go to first John five. I want to show you something. Keep your finger in Genesis. <clears throat> Starting verse six. Yeah. Some of this is really hard to understand, and I, I admit it, because, uh, first of all, the language, the language of the scriptures, um, is difficult, and these concepts are difficult. But let's let's on six, five, verse six, or five. Who is he that overcometh the world? isn't that kind of what you're interested in doing first john chapter five verse five who is he that overcometh the world that's kind of a neat concept but he that believeth that jesus is the son of god (laughs) Now, there's an article there, and, in the, and we miss it in the English, but in the Greek it, or Hebrew, whenever there's a, there's a definitive article, it calls your attention to exclusivity. That means you must believe, you must see that he is the exclusive son of God, the only begotten of God. Well, what does that do to you? What does that do to the human race? Okay. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. Now, let's, 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 trust me in that one. Trust one. trust me, trust John. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Now, what does it mean to receive the witness of men? It means to make judgments or viewpoints after your sensory perception. You understand that? The witness of man is the witness, is, 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 is is, is to make these, it's to be carnally minded. It's to make judgments or perceptions based on what other, what, either your own senses or other, other people's. We were talking about confidence or arrogance today in certain matters, but this is the ultimate arrogance. It's the ultimate arrogance. Jesus was the Jesus Christ was the most arrogant man that ever lived, and Paul was the second most arrogant because their arrogant but their arrogance was directed. Not at, it was directed at at an identity that that was not time-dependent. So therefore, no witness of men, no sensory perception that they made about a a moment in time could ever have any value to them. I mean, can you think of anything more arrogant than for somebody to say, before Abraham was, I am? And can you think of anything more arrogant to say than by Paul to say that now he lives by the faith of that I am? I you know, that's total arrogance. But the, the arrogance is tested so that you never again receive the witness of men. It doesn't, it doesn't mean diddly squat what your sensory perception says or what other people's sensory perception says about you or about a situation because you're never again going to receive the witness of man, okay? Can you, can you feel that for a minute? That's, this is a predicate upon which all prayer is based. Okay. That you're never going to receive it, the witness of man. Right. And you make no judgments based on the witness of man.
2: Isn't that what's going on, though? In
0: In prayer? In perception. Well, that's what the rest of the human race is doing in perception. Something is received. Let, let, me, let me go on, and I think it will clear up the question. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Are you capturing this a little bit? In other words, he's its own power, it's its own dynamic. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Now The problem that we have in understanding this book is every time you read the word eternal life, you think of sometime in the future. Therefore, you think of prayer... In terms of, okay, I'm gonna pray this and then someday it'll be met. Or someday it won't be met. You think of, of progress or, or your, your, all your identities and dreams and hopes and ideas and ambitions are based on the witness of men. And God, in doing that, you're calling God a liar. And there's no such thing as you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a sincere liar or a hypocritical liar or a, a nice liar or, you know, a scat, you know, skinny liar, a fat liar, ugly liar, beautiful liar. You're a liar. You're calling God a liar. I think I'm talking to the ceiling. Okay. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. Right. And it's total. It's complete. Now, he that hath the Son, and you could just better translate it, better to be able to say that, is that he that knows he hath the Son, hath life. And he that knows not that he hath the Son of God, hath not life. Black and white. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Again, that doesn't say if we ask something according to his will and we have to be concerned what his will is. It means if we ask anything and we know that is according to his will, it doesn't matter what it is. That's the secret that Christ knew. That he was never separate, that he and God weren't two different identities. That he was one with him. And therefore, his very, anything that he asked was the mind of God. Anything he needed was the mind of God. Anything he saw was the mind of God. It may have been, you know, when he was a little kid, it was an immature mind. It didn't matter. It was still the mind of God. He was never, ever, ever separate from. Now, hear this. This is big stuff. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have already the petitions that we desired of him. It's a fate accomplished; It's finished before you ask it. I'm not giving you some magic formula for prayer or how to get stuff. I'm giving you the eternal life position which is either either in it or you're not in it now part of that is what we just study when and, and now if you don't understand this perfectly you gain comfort from what from studying Abraham because Abraham didn't understand it Sarah didn't understand it you don't have to understand it at this point. Because in God, as God looks at you, God sees only you that understands it. Faith defines a position, and that, de- that the, the definition of that position is is He looks at you and sees perfect faith, just as Moses or Abraham you know, it looks like we're reading about two different guys. We read about Moses in the New Testament, and it sounds like he was really a, you know, he gave up the world, he did all this. Well, in truth, when you read back here, he got kicked out of Egypt for killing a guy. He ran for his life. But faith says he esteemed the reproaches of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt. When you look at, you know, I look around now and I see Harry's all confused and and he's mad at me earlier today and, and you know and i can respond to that that's the witness of men but i respond to faith which i know is resident in harry and i and i just see through it and i see in perfect fellowship it's time it's time <laughs> More so for the other group than this group, but it's time that you begin to see. And see with perfect clarity. Now, back to the original question, the original point in view. There is nothing too hard for God. That means he doesn't separate building universes from popping a pimple. It's an equal amount of effort, it's an equal amount of activity, it's an equal amount of effort expended in his part, and it's an equal amount of pleasure for him to do it. All he wants from you and the singular reason you're here is that your mind would be renewed to know that. Well, how do you know that? Well, I don't know. I'm going to just sit around and wait no you better not you better command you him the things concerning his son oh i can't command god you better you better have a little arrogance you better begin to walk as though you knew who you were and that's subject to every whim and fancy of every thing that comes into your pathway. But you understand this thing? If you know that he hears you, then you have already received whatever it is that you've asked. That position
2: is in us. It's total. And so we can be in it. man you just abandon the uh
0: you abandon the old attention. self you abandon you you all of you know by now that this the, the 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 carnal mind or the sensory perceived mind isn't right can't yeah i mean if there's one thing you know it's that yeah. i I'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore I don't have to pay attention to that bullshit anymore. And turn. <coughs> We're back again to the very essence of what we believe. For me to live as Christ. Not for me to live as sitting around trying to figure out Christ. Huh. Man, I'd be in miserable shape if I ever did that. I never, I mean, for me to live was quiet for, I mean, when I didn't understand any of this. It's not up to you to gain understanding, it's up to him. And he, and it will be there as automatic as night follows day the moment you turn from self. Stop thinking, I mean, part of being and desiring the witness of man is thinking you can learn something. You can't learn anything about God's stuff. You can only turn from old stuff. Is anything too hard for God? Well, how do I know his will?
2: Because you
0: are one with him. And your will is his will. There's a great verse in James. It says, you ask and you receive not. In the Hebrew, I mean, in in the Greek, it says, you ask and you receive not because you ask to consume it on your own lusts. You know what it says in the Greek? It says, you ask and receive not because you believe that you will consume it on your own lusts. duality. Can anybody taste the freedom that's of option, the power that's available? It's just there. It's just there for that taking. It's what, it's what, the thing is, you see, it's like what, what, what Gary told No, Jan. No, Pam. One of those. Pam. Jan. I mean, about you know, Pam said, "Oh, I want prayer for this," and 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 Gary said to her, "Well, you know, it's the six hundredth time you asked for prayer over this. The point is, you don't believe he's going to do anything about it." Well, I, well okay. I say, okay. I this.
1: is why tonight's late because. I mean, it's just what Sarah, just the way Sarah felt. He did it anyway.
0: Right. I mean, you, you end up saying... It didn't,
1: didn't matter a flip whether she believed
0: in her. No, I mean, she mocked him.
1: Faith is deeper. The faith is already there. Faith is his life that's in
0: you. I, I want you to hear this. The same thing that what you have just, what you do every time you mock or unbelief or unfaith. What you're doing every time is you are in sin. Okay, what I want you to see now and hear this. It is no longer you that's doing it, but the sin principle which dwelleth in you. That's why I wanted you to read Romans seven. But don't I don't understand Romans seven. Makes her sleepy. Makes her sleepy. It's not, I mean, so, so, okay, I can live my life on the basis of the sin principle, or I can live my life on the basis of faith. Those two are never going to meet, never. All God wants from you and I is every time you see something, whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, whether it's unbelief, whether it's, I don't care what it is, you then have a. You respond to the sin principle or you respond to faith. That's all. There's no. There's no middle ground. There's no rights. It's not. If you are. In, if you. Is there any sick among you? You know. Let them call the elders and pray. Is there? I mean, it doesn't have anything to do. Well. That person should say, stay longer sick because then this and this will happen. You know, i all learn something. The point is, is your position of contentment. That's the test. It's its own dynamic. Paul had a thorn in the side and he prayed three times. He beseeched the Lord that it would go away. It didn't go away, but yet in it he was content. Not, he wasn't trying to be content. Don't say, oh, I should be content. He was content. God, the promise is you will either be content or it will be met. And if you're satisfied with any other position in any position of need that you have, you're a fool. And, and I'd get the hell out of here if I were you. You're wasting time. Do you see it? There's nothing too little for God. There is nothing too big for God. There is, and, and you know that if you need it or if you feel it, that it is God. It is God's will because it's your will. I know that's going to sound blasphemous to somebody listening on the tape, but so be it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: said something <laughs> good. <laughs> now he's going to edit that out. Okay. You won't edit it out.
2: No, you will I'm a <laughs> <laughs> You said something to me about a year and a half ago. that really intrigued me. And it stands <laughs> out from everything else.
1: And it was that, that when you turn from self, all your needs
2: are met, 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 met with no effort on your part. And I, I know that's true. But what you didn't say, and I'm now seeing, is that it's one of the two. You just either the need is met, or you become content in the need.
0: Yeah, but, but it's not a phonied up content. No, no,
2: it's not. Which means when you become content in the need, you could you could say that it's no longer a need, or you could say that it's fulfilled, but the original statement is true. All your needs
0: are met with no effort. Right. Again, remember when you were a little child? What, what are some of the things that you wanted to do when you were a little or wanted to be? Darlene can't remember. I,
1: can't remember.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter when you can remember or not. You're accepted anyway. Don't worry about it. On? I love the late trips. I never, I wouldn't like trip on anybody. Thrive on. Okay, well, let's assume, and I never wanted it because well, I thought it was, an astronaut. <laughs> huh? Okay, Harry wanted to be an astronaut. Okay, that's Harry funny. the astronaut.
1: What's funny about that?
0: Okay, well, that's that's all right. Let it be you would funny. Look
2: good
0: in the suit. I don't know. <laughs> Harry the astronaut. Okay, you want to be an astronaut right now?
1: <laughs> it's
2: not like I did that it'd be fun I'd like to go for a ride but no I don't want to be an ass no I don't want to be an ass okay
0: now the point is from God's standpoint that was a need a prayer request but in the passage of time that need was met because you're now content in the idea, I might take a ride someday.
2: Mm-hmm. And okay. I can look back and see that it was necessary, that I want that. I can see...
0: Well, I don't care what you... Let's assume that you can't see that. Let, I don't want to use the one that you can see. I want to see the ones that you can not see that was necessary.
1: When I flew up in a helicopter, that was... I, once I wanted to be... I mean, like, up until about three years ago, I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. And probably still had that desire, you know, nagging oh. back somewhere, but... Went up, went up in a couple weeks
0: ago. It, well, it just you know it it was just, neat, to, but I didn't want to be a pilot. Just the thing that I the, the the way I'm trying to bring this together is is that when you're a little kid, there are all kinds of things that you think you'd like to do, or any, and you perceive them as a need. Okay, there is only in God's mind there is only need and supply. There is never anything righteous need, or immediate need, or serious need, or good need, or bad need. There's only need and supply, plus and negative. When you're a child, and you say, I want this, or I need that, or I want to do that, that's a need, and it's just as much a need in the spirit as it is if you were dying of cancer to the organism. Now, through some mechanism for most of you and for 99% of you and not only you individually but you, those needs, those have been met either by you have experientially done them or you're now content in not doing them. Okay, God sees every need instantaneously Now, the same way, so that the promise of our position, of our faith is, is that whatever it is, we ask it, just like a little child, and the promise is, is that it will be experientially met, that that need will be filled either by you no longer wanting that or or you'll be put, or you'll receive it, or you'll be totally content, in whatever you are. Do you understand that?
2: Mm-hmm. Or you get an alternate choice of equivalent value.
0: You know, or whatever. But the point is, it no longer even comes to mind. You know, I, I, I can't even remember the things I used to think. I mean, I, I wanted everything. And I don't want anything. But my again, back to the Genesis. Every time you think that either God... That you're not worthy of it or god didn't want to do it for you or anything like that what you're saying in the same way is you're mocking god in the same way that sarah mocked. but god did it anyway because she sort of hung around
2: okay so then what's the response i i perceive a need <clears throat> Well, there's no, there's no smart way to say this. I'm just, I'll just go ahead and say, I perceive a need. I need something. I want something. I really need it. I really want it. And Zap, it's not there. What's the response? It's gonna be there.
0: I don't, I don't want you to have any programmable response.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Okay. What I'm talking about is not theory. I'm talking about you opening the covering of your pit so that you don't ever again think, "Well, I shouldn't think about this," or "I shouldn't want this. There is nothing that makes God sicker to his stomach than that attitude. Or if I say this, am I going to be perceived as that? I've been giving God an ulcer. You've been given God ulcers, indigestion, diarrhea.
1: To be patient, quit trying to work at
0: yourself. But just to say it. Spot it forth, whenever.
1: Patient, you know. Yeah. I'm in
0: What are you laughing at? You.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What did I do now? Just
2: <laughs> the way you sat
0: in. And Jan mocked all week. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I quit that's enough for tonight but when Sarah heard the response of the angel is anything too hard for God after she laughed what happened I forgot to say something to you she feared I want you to fear. If you mock, I
1: gotta poop. This. <confess. laughs> this is really dumb. I'm allergic to to insect stings, and there is a big nest of red wasp right outside the front door, and I've got to walk past it. So it's kind of like being in the car, and the car on this broadside is that, and I was like, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, I keep saying this. Don't worry about it. They're not going to hurt me, and I keep going. One day, one flew down like it's going to hit me, and like, I jump. And immediately, I thought, he's going to send the whole damn story. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. But
0: it's
1: true there are no degrees of...
0: Is anything too hard for God? Nada. Amen.